Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and welcome to The Great America Show. The Marxist Dems' war against President Donald Trump rages on, just as it has since 2016, when their political persecution began by framing up Trump's choice to be his national security advisor, General Michael Flynn, almost six months before Trump would become president. And now the January 6th committee, surprise alert, referred President Trump for criminal prosecution. They put forth charges that ignore evidence of the president's proper conduct and statements to demonstrators and also served to question the conduct of the Department of Justice and FBI in their raid on Mar-a-Lago and further persecution of President Trump himself, not the president's conduct. Meanwhile, the Republican Party's civil war goes on. The rhino Republican establishment versus the Trump MAGA and America First GOPers. And in the House, it's Kevin McCarthy and the rhinos versus conservative Republican Congressman Andy Biggs and the Freedom Caucus and MAGA America First Republicans, all coming to a head at the same moment. And the only way to avoid this conflict is for Biggs, the Freedom Caucus, and America First Republicans to yield, to give in to the establishment rhinos. If they do, I don't believe they will, but I also don't believe it's an overstatement to say all would be lost. This is the Republican Party's defining moment and their way and ours out of the establishment swamp. The Republican Party faithful remain restive and disappointed at the failure of Republican Party leaders to deliver what should have been a big win in the Senate and the House. The House, where the GOP was told to expect a big red wave and now has only a slim, fragile majority. Our guest today to take up all of this and give us his reading on the state of the Republican Party is John McLaughlin prominent GOP pollster and strategist for McLaughlin and Associates. John, it's great to have you with us as always. Merry Christmas. Let's start with what you believe to be the most salient findings in your monthly polling. Well, thank you. It's it's great to be, you know, back on the podcast. And uh, Merry Christmas to you too. And uh, it's interesting that at this time, a lot of Republicans are a little deflated or maybe take it back, a lot deflated because they thought we had a greater opportunity. Our firm, we were successful with a lot of our candidates, all our incumbents won re-election, and we took five seats away from the Democrats to help the Republicans get a House majority. However, our campaigns were pretty aggressive, and we ran campaigns that forced a referendum on the country being on the wrong track in Biden. And, uh, you know, the big news out of the poll, because we completed it from... December 9th to the 14th. And it's on our website on McLaughlinOnline.com today. And uh, 
the the big news for us was there was a spate of recent polls that had Donald Trump losing, not winning the nomination and losing to Biden, et cetera. And our poll, because it's a poll of likely voters, not of adults, not of registered voters, not one of these media polls where they only find 25 percent Republicans when we were 36 percent on the election in 2020 and as much this year uh, in the midterm elections. Uh, we've got 61% saying that they want Donald Trump among Repu likely Republican primary voters, including independents nationally, that 61% want Donald Trump to run again. And if he runs again, they will support him 77% to 19%. And in a field of uh, 13 candidates, uh, he's the front runner at 48% and 23% support Ron DeSantis. Everybody else is in single digits. And one-on-one -on -one against Governor DeSantis, it's 58% for Donald Trump, 36% for DeSantis. Again, it's a national poll. And then among general, likely general election voters, uh, Donald Trump wins 48% to 45%. And against Kamala Harris, he wins 49-42. So those numbers contradict a lot of media polls because they they poll adults where 258 million adults across the country are eligible to vote. However, in the last presidential election in 2020, we had a record turnout of only 160 million people. We think the likely voters is the more accurate model because Trump I mean, Trump supporters are more likely to show up in the primary, show up in the elections, and they're diluting these samples to say Trump can't win when yeah. it's precisely the opposite. And they're doing it on purpose, the media again, because we went through this 2016, 2020, where Trump could never win the election, according to the media. I mean, there was a Hillary lock, remember? Oh, yeah. And, and by God, by 78,000 votes, let us win in 2016 and stop Hillary from being president. And for whatever reasons, in the uh, 2020 election, in the battleground states, we lost the electoral majority by only 44,000 votes out of 160 million, 10,000 Arizona, 11,000 in Georgia, and 20,000 in uh, Wisconsin. Otherwise, Donald Trump would have been president again. But uh, those are fascinating. Yeah. Those are fascinating numbers. Uh, it, 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 talking about the number of votes that if they had shifted within a base of, call it, 160 million people that you can mm -hmm. see that happen in the battleground states. Uh, those are just, we're really talking about a few counties uh, in each state, and the world is quite different as a result, isn't it? Yes, and that was, our strategy in 2016 was to bring new voters out because only, and, and Mitt Romney's race against, uh, against Barack Obama in 2012, only 130 million people voted. And when you looked at the three key states of, uh, Virginia, Ohio, and, Penn, and, and Florida, uh, there were people who voted in 2008, 2010, and didn't vote in 2012. And we, we did polls to see who they were. And there was a, at first we ran the list, and there was a half million in Virginia, 800,000 in Ohio, a million in Florida. And they were working class Americans. It was diverse. There were some African Americans, some Hispanics. It was mostly women, almost six out of 10 were women. But their common denominator was they all made less than $60,000 a year where they were like one bad auto repair or one bad uh, medical bill from bankruptcy. And they were worried about losing their jobs. And they didn't want to vote for Mitt Romney because he represented the guy who belonged to the country club that would fire them. 
and they came out, 9 million more voters came out in 2016, particularly in these Rust Belt, Sun Belt states to help Donald Trump because they looked at him as their blue collar billionaire who was going to fight for the working men and women of America. And in 2020, uh, that David Pluff, who worked for Zuckerberg, came up with a plan, wrote a book about it, published it in March, about registering more voters in those counties in the key battleground states that voted for Hillary Clinton. And so they were in those counties, but not registered, and they would register them, and then they would make it easier for them to vote. They were ballot harvested. And that's where the drop boxes came from, and that's where these looser election laws came from, and the and Pennsylvania, the bags of mail came from, and the, uh, the permanently disabled ballots that are now uh, illegal in Wisconsin came from. So, uh, uh, so they, in effect, had the strategy and they executed. And the bad part is, last November, they're still executing this. Where in the midterm elections, fortunately, Georgia, uh, for Governor Kemp, fortunately, and the other statewide office holders, they required voter ID absentees and in-person voting and uh they also got rid of the drop boxes that were unsecure and only allowed secure drop boxes so uh um so it's a battle where the democrats want to loosen the election laws that could allow potential fraud and Demo and republicans have to fight every day to stop them but, but as you and i both as both mm -hmm. Both of us know the Republicans won't fight every day, don't fight every day, didn't fight every day. And instead, uh, we now have courts chiming in and saying, as they did in North Carolina uh, this very week, uh, that, uh, you know, there's not going to be uh, voter ID. There are making fraud so permissible, whether it be the Marxist Dems uh, elected uh, in Washington, D.C., or the Marxist Dems, in effect, or the, at least their enablers in the judiciary. It's yeah. outrageous what has been done, and the Republicans don't even speak about it, Republican leadership, publicly, and they're doing absolutely nothing, despite, for example, Ronna McDaniel's protestations that she was ready with a magnificent ground game uh, as if it were 1956. It was, it's, it's bizarre how inept the Republican Party is as a, uh, an electoral uh, focus group. But you're exactly right, Lou, because I tell you, the, uh, the point about this, the, the ground game, that was developed in 2002, 20 years ago, to help George Bush. They had a 72-hour game plan. That's when people vote on Election Day. Well, the Democrats have adapted and turned it into Election Month, and places where Republicans fight, like uh, in Florida and North Carolina, uh, in, in, you know, in Nassau County, New York, where the county organization, we make sure we, whatever the rules are, we beat the Democrats on absentee ballots or stay even. We beat them in early in-person voting, and then we beat them on election day. And for whatever reasons, the, 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 a lot of these state parties like Pennsylvania, the national committee, they wait and don't show up for the first three quarters of the game and yeah. <laughs> expect to win in the fourth quarter. It's You can't do that. And by the way, North Carolina, how you mentioned, you mentioned that with voter ID, that, that court that just ruled is based on a Democrat court where <laughs> two of the judges that, that 
lost elections this November were Democrats, and you're coming into a four to three Republican court. So the partisan Democrats did that before they, their terms were up so that the Republicans will have a harder time going back to voter ID. And, you know, North Carolina, they reapportion it every year, and they're afraid that the Republicans are going to yeah. reapportion it last year, just like the Democrats fought in court. And you got Democrat lawyers like Mark Elias that have to be stopped at every turn because they're 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 basically um you know they're they're weakening election integrity and it's making our democracy the laughing stock of the world so uh has to be stopped and, and it's got to be changed yeah. mark, uh, mark mark elias uh, is he is the solution for the democrats he's the problem for the republicans i don't understand how any group of professional strategists uh, the RNC, the campaigns come together and just sort of go, duh, when they hear Mark Elias's name and look over all that he has done uh, in the legal system to assure uh, maximum turnout for the Dems. Uh, and, and if you will, it's not suppression of the Republican vote. The Republicans do enough of that on their own. Uh, but they're just indifferent and awestruck. Apparently, all of the Republican lawyers by this guy and his and his apparatus there. Uh, it, it is. A, I, I don't understand uh, why a bunch of uh, what were once in this country white shoes Republicans uh, and their uh, as attorneys, they're just absent. That people are afraid to go near them, uh, and they are afraid to come out for the party. I, I really think a lot of that's going on. Don't you? Yes, and I'll tell you what's interesting. Again, I'm going to say being in New York, but last year in New York, the Democrats had three propositions on the ballot and a statewide referendum the same day as the New York City's mayor's race so they could get a favorable turnout. You know who fought them? Not It wasn't really the Republican Party. It was the New York State Conservative Party because they have their own party. It's the party that... Right. You know, elected Jim Buckley a senator, and Bill Buckley had run for mayor, and they usually endorse our candidates like Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump, and they love Donald Trump. But they 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 fought and spent over five million dollars uh, to beat three propositions. One was redistricting that would count illegal immigrants as residents uh, and get rid of the bipartisan redistricting commission. Uh, one that would allow same-day registration in a state where there's no voter ID, and one where there's a uh, no excuse absentee, so they could ballot harvest. And guess what? The voters of New York, which are two to one Democrat in registration, they voted it down 56 to 58 percent in each of those three propositions because they don't want voter fraud, and they know it that the Democrats are trying to put this over on them. And it allowed us this year to win in the courts to get their Democrat redistricting plan thrown out, which probably would have meant only four Republicans for Congress from New York. Instead, we've got 11. That seven-seat mar margin is the reason why the Republicans have a majority in the House today, or they yeah. will have come January. And I was pretty sure it was because of the extraordinary uh, campaign comprehension and strategy created by Kevin McCarthy. Uh, to to drive that uh, <laughs> those victories, uh, I, I have to say, we're, we, you know, you combine all that the Democrats are doing, uh, what all that the Republican leadership isn't doing, and then you throw in the extraordinary uh, uh, dark money uh, 
that the that the Democratic Party has available to it, whether it's Soros money, whether it's Arabella, you name it, they're throwing money at everything, and the Republicans just haven't been competing, have they? No, and uh, and when you look at the money, I mean, we've had, you know, I mean, the Democrats ironically will spend money to elect Trump candidates where they 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 want to run against a Trump backed primary opponent, and and. Uh, uh, Sean Patrick Maloney, who ran the uh, Democratic campaign committee that we defeated in November, he was beaten by Mike Lawler for Congress in New York. Um, he was spending money in primaries to get the uh, Republican candidate who was more Trump-like, and, and they ran a ton of ads of Mike Lawler calling him MAGA Mike, and it just made Lawler stronger and caused Maloney to lose. And we saw in a different district, John Katko's district up in Syracuse and Onondaga County and the environs around there. Uh, Brandon Williams, one of our clients, we did the polling for, he was a Trump supporter. They spent a million dollars out of one of these dark money groups, the Republicans, to beat us in the primary so a rhino could win. We won in November precisely because Williams stood for getting rid of cashless bail because he stood for um, you know lower taxes and, and against the spending that's causing inflation. So so, you know, it's something about inside the beltway where these country club Republicans would rather nominate losers and remain in the minority rather than, uh, uh, you know, see Trump candidates win and actually win a majority. So, uh, you know, we're going to have primaries next year, you know, we're set up for primaries next year so that in, you know, 2024, it'll be the same thing. We'll win the primaries. They didn't want Donald Trump to win. We got to win the primaries and then we got to win the general elections all over again. So, uh, but if the working men and women of America realize what's going to happen this year, because that, that poll that we talked about in November, I mean, 64% said the country's on the wrong track. 60% think we're in a recession. They think the economy is getting worse, not better. 64 to 30. Over 80% have been impacted by inflation negatively. And 42% saying they've been hurt by inflation so bad they can't afford basic necessities. So, you know, the the, the issues are there. The Republicans got to stand up and stand up for working middle class America. And, and the Republican Party certainly isn't doing any of that. Uh, we've got Carl Rove out raising money from uh, the donors uh, to to go against Republican candidates, support Democrats. Because uh, Mitch McConnell just will not uh, in any way, shape, or form exceed uh, to any kind of intelligent posture and support Donald Trump candidates. He wants Mitch McConnell candidates. You know, Mitch McConnell, the energy, the dynamism, uh, origins uh, for the Republican Party. You would think that he is the, the driving fuel uh, when he is just destroying the party. Your thoughts? Yep. Well, well, you know, right now, what's what's interesting to me is I, I, I listen a lot. Steve Forbes is a good friend. Larry Cullors is a good friend. Steve Moore. Mm -hmm. I listen to them economically. And Larry had us ask a question in September in our national poll that's online, where do you want to see the Republicans reduce spending in order to cut inflation? And among all voters nationally, 71% to 14, they said they did. 71%. That's a big number. You only need 51% to win. The Republicans, ironically, got 51% of the national popular vote for Congress. But that's an issue that the Republicans needed to play because 
back in 2010 when they took the house in 2009 before they took the house with a huge margin and had like 60 seats turn around they they uh, uh they had stood up to obama on his stimulus package on his budget and on obamacare because they were all spending too much money and guess what they they won in a landslide in 2010 well this time around the voters were saying please stand up to them please stop this inflation by stopping the you know, trillions of government spending. And they chose not to. And, you know, individual candidates did. And that's why we were successful, particularly our candidates played offense on those issues and forced a referendum on Joe Biden, made this Biden's fault. But now you've got the House is saying, you know, let us change the budget in January. And instead, certain Republicans are voting for a continuing resolution that goes almost a whole year before they can change the budget, which means that we'll have higher inflation. So it's, and and Cudlow uh, correctly calls it a betrayal. So, so. Well, it's uh, a betrayal, but I, I think there's another thing here I'd like you to consider. You know, you can go out there and get 71% on, you know, do you want us to cut uh, federal spending to stop inflation? That's one way to word the question. But would you rather have uh, a promise from a Republican party that hasn't delivered uh, on those with the exception of the Trump, the Trump years, four of them, uh, and while Joe Biden is handing, uh, you know, a half trillion dollars yeah. to young voters uh, and their families, by the way, not just young voters, but also their families with student loan forgiveness. I, I mean, it's hard to compete with that. Uh, and I don't think you're going to get the same answer. Would you rather have the $20,000 forgiveness for your student loans, or would you rather have a balanced budget? I think most people in that age group are going to say, hey, you know what, I'll take the twenty grand and get it off my back. The Republicans keep getting outmaneuvered, both politically on Capitol Hill, legislatively, a part, even their parliamentary skills need some help as well, I mean, we're talking about a party that is bereft of intelligent, original thinking. They don't have such a leader within the party itself on Capitol Hill. Well, I tell you, that about going back to the student loan issue, one of our clients, the Job Creators Network, challenged that in court. And mm -hmm. it's going to go to the Supreme Court now because it's been blocked, because the president doesn't have the power to forgive that money. And he was doing it. The sad part is... He was doing it just to buy votes, yeah. and 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 these 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 millennials or Gen Zers that thought they were going to get this this break, it's not going to happen. But uh, because in the poll that we do for the Job Creators Network, a five hundred we do a scientific poll of five hundred small business owners across America every month. Um, you've got over two thirds of those those. Uh, uh, small business owners saying it's not right for uh, it's not right for uh, taxpayers to be asked to pay off uh, this debt from other yeah. people. Yeah. And, and so, so the majority, what's, what's amazing is the Republicans can, and individual candidates have, they've stood up to this because it's immoral to basically take people who didn't go to college or people who went to college and paid off their loans and basically say, we're going to pay off this, this for a system where, You've got a liberal education system living off this largesse where uh, they're indoctrinating, you know, people who go to universities 
uh, about you know these liberal policies, and the government is subsidizing you know this kind of uh, you know liberal spending, and it's and it's really just it's bizarre. I mean, it's just bizarre. It is it's not, bizarre. It's not fair but to I, a lot of people. I it's it absolutely is not, and and responsible. I believe bearing great responsibility for that, John, is the Republican Party itself. Because what you've just described is a double whammy of, uh, of intellectual deficit on the part of the Republicans. Not only did Biden come out and say, I'm going to give you $20,000, he knew damn well that the courts were going to say no. So right. he got to sell the car, then take it back from, from those guys and didn't have to pay for anything to buy their vote. I yeah. mean, it doesn't then, get slicker than that. And the Republicans are walking around saying, wait a minute, inflation is high. Wait a minute. We've got problems here. Bull. I, the, well, I think, the, you know, the fact of the matter is this government is shoving so much money at people in a in a situation where you've also got Larry Kudlow and Stephen Moore telling everybody how crappy the economy is. Here's a little yeah. secret for you. This economy is 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 going through difficulty. We've got a lot of people who are having to pay higher prices. But the reality is Biden also took 180 million barrels of oil out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, sold a few a few million barrels to the Chinese just for old time's sake. Mm. And by the way, the gas prices are down from a year ago. Uh, the Republicans have been outsmarted at every turn, period. Uh, the the economy is much stronger. It's it, you know it's an open question whether we're going into recession or not. It is not an open question that inflation is subsiding. Enough? No, but lower? Yes. And I, I'm so tired of watching the you know the uh, reflexive orthodoxy of the supply side eco economic class. But, you know they're peddling bull. It's outright bull. And they've got to come to terms with it. Banks are making a fortune right now. They're driving rates. They've got profits. They're moving good. Everything's hunky-dory. Housing's got a problem, but rates are down right now. Give us a couple of months, rates will be down further. Uh, it's time for people to try. I know that the Democrats make it tough because they lie through their teeth all the time. The Republicans are doing pretty, they're doing a lot to try to catch up to them when it comes to BSing the American public. Well, I, I mean, the, what's the, it's only so far could go. I mean, there's backbenchers, there's people running for Congress, and, and there will be people in the Senate that realize that we should have won the Senate, and they'll be coming out this time. And, you know, as far as when you're talking about the statistics, the, the voters already think we're in a recession. The voters don't see interest rates getting better. It's getting worse for them. The credit card debt in the country's gone up. These people are, are, you know, I mean, I mean, they're 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 pessimistic, and that's not good. And you think about it, it's Christmas season. Christmas yeah. season. By the way, sixty-five percent of those small business owners in our job creators network survey told us that they're concerned that they may go out of business. Yeah. I mean, this was when you think about the optimism coming off of as the economy reopened as Trump left the country. Uh, you know, as he left, stepped down as president, you had a growing economy. People thought things were going to get better. And every, everything Biden has done has been to undermine that. And then they try to sandbag us into thinking 
that things are good and people know better and they just need leadership to to really take them on. Like, for example, I mean, the Republicans right out of the gate, the reason they want to, you know, be able to change the budget, they got to get rid of the 87,000 IRS agents that are going to come. They got more IRS agents than FBI agents. They'll be like yeah. stationing one with every business, small business in America. It'll be just nuts. Waiters, waitresses, people, small people, little people, people own hair salons, barbershops. They'll, they'll be getting IRS visits to make sure they're paying all their taxes. Yeah, it's terrible. And but you know what? But here's here's the rest of that deal. They've already brought in a third of them. Uh, so they're going to have to uh, figure out if they're going to have the guts in the House of Representatives to shut them down. I think it's an yeah. open question is whether or not uh, the uh, Appropriations Committee and the Ways and Means will have the guts to actually take action. Uh, because Republicans have done so much talking and blathering, and they didn't have to say a word because Donald Trump was doing most of the talking throughout his four years. Uh, and, and he had to make all the tough decisions. Uh, this is a time where this Congress, uh, the Republicans have a lousy record when they're not in power. Uh, they have, they're slightly better when they are. But I, I just don't know where it uh, ends up. Uh, and you're talking about Trump in 24 uh, and the primaries uh, is already underway, as you pointed out. Uh, here's a man who is, is being you know, just brutally bashed by every from every quarter by the Marxist Dems and the Republicans because of their feckless leadership aren't defending him where does he turn for defense for support uh, and and occasionally maybe just uh, just a little security uh, that he will not be bludgeoned by the national corporate media the uh, it's not corporate America anymore it's corporate global uh, and uh, Wall Street uh, and of course, the Marxist Dems. You know, in that national poll that we just released, only 39% of voters were aware of the Twitter files. 50% of the Republicans, 37% of the independents, 30% of the uh, Democrats. So the censorship continues. Big tech, big media, they don't want to give Donald Trump any favorable coverage. Uh, they are, are, to the extent they're covering uh What's going on at Twitter? They're bashing Elon Musk precisely because he's definitely caught them colluding. Uh, you know, I mean, these emails that Musk is releasing, the emails from the FBI uh, and emails from Democrat operatives and the DNC and the Biden campaign uh, telling us that, you know, the Hunter Biden laptop was uh, uh, was Russian disinformation when they knew it was a lie. And they knew at the time in 2020 that if the voters found out about it, they would vote for Trump or not vote for Biden. We had 36% of Biden voters on election day in 2020 were not aware of the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. And if they had been, enough would have walked away from Biden that Trump would have been reelected president. And so what, what did they do? You talk about election interference. They suspended the president of the United States' right to free speech on Twitter. They suspended freedom of the press for the New York Post on Twitter. And the government allowed it to happen and colluded with them. The FBI was colluding on this. So, you know, we're in a fight for freedom. We're in a fight for democracy here. And it's the exact opposite of what big tech and uh, big media are telling us. Well, let me tell you what the big media just told me. 
President Trump has been referred to the Department of Justice for criminal prosecution by the January 6th committee. Sure. Uh, that has just broken. Now, we know a couple of things. Well, the numbers will go up in the polls <laughs> for sure. Well, like... I, I, no doubt. But I think that it's about time for people to let their temperatures get a little higher. Uh, this is outrageous. Uh, it is disgusting. Uh, they're checking into two things. One, the Mar-a-Lago raid and the documents, right? Uh, we mm -hmm. know for a fact that that was an illegal search and seizure by the FBI at a totally politically motivated uh, moment. Uh, and and everything else about it is just pure nonsense. And And we're assured that, by the way, he will be criminally referred because Merrick Garland uh, is a corrupt criminal who also happens to be the Attorney General of the United States. Your okay. reaction? Well, Garland's been covering up for Hunter Biden. It's amazing. They, they've got the goods on Hunter Biden and President Biden, and they're just the cover-up continues. As far as President Trump goes, you know, this is this, this is all to stop him from being reelected because he's ahead in the polls, and they have to do something, so this is what they're going to do. And uh, it's sad for the state of American democracy. But, you know, the other part, and this, this whole January 6th committee, it's a kangaroo court. There's no yeah, Trump supporters on that. They but, wouldn't put Jim Jordan on it. There's no Trump supporters at all. It's, a, it's, a, it's you know, this is a, the reports out. They make the referral. If, if Merrick Garland, if he indicts President Trump, there will be such a backlash in the country because Trump is likely to be the nominee regardless. And, uh, and, and Garland, if he does this, you know, I mean, this is just to, to me, it's just a, a terrible, terrible uh, miscarriage of justice. So, uh, you know, they had. But, but what have they done for seven? This is the seventh year of a political persecution of a president. This yeah. isn't a one off. This is a president who the FBI and the Department of Justice and the Democratic National Committee and the Hillary Clinton Committee have worked to frame to uh, stop his can his candidacy and then to overthrow and destroy his presidency. Yes. I mean, this is not, this is a level of corruption that no one ever dreamed this country could reach. And the Republicans haven't fought one iota in, it, in support of and in favor of this president and against the Dems. The Republicans aren't here. They're not even showing up for show, let alone go. Well, uh, by the way, you hit the magic word on that. It's corruption. And when you look at the kind of corruption that that uh, and by the way, the majority on our on our, our analysis of our poll, the majority of Americans, 54 percent think that there's been this collusion among um, among the, uh, the they would likely swing if there was more coverage of the Twitter files. They would swing against Biden uh, towards Donald Trump. That's why they're covering it up. And this is more of a diversion against uh, this is more of a diversion against President Trump. So that precisely so that Hunter Biden um, is not investigated and the corruption, what they've done. It's so sad what they've done at the top of the FBI. Uh, so sad what they've gotten away with inside the federal government and the Justice Department. And now they would weaponize the Justice Department against their political opponents. This is the kind of stuff you see in third world countries. And we're seeing it in the United States of America. Well, it, it is uh, it is outrageous. 
Uh, it is, to me, stupefying to think that the American people have become so apathetic, uh, so passive that they do not respond. Uh, and the Republican Party uh, has a is a is a gathering of the most gutless, unprincipled representatives for the American people, I believe, in our history. Uh, I think it has to be said they haven't demonstrated strength, integrity, uh, energy uh, or originality in any form of strategy, let alone action. So what is can if we can conclude on this, if we may, John, what is the answer for the Republican Party to support President Donald Trump and to go after from a majority in the House alone? to go after the Marxist Dems who are destroying this nation. I will tell you, there, those, there are courageous leaders in the House that do want to uh, get to the bottom of the, of the Biden family corruption, and public opinion in the United States in our latest poll is with them. 54% say that Biden and his family are compromised because they've accepted millions of dollars from interests of Russia, China, and Ukraine. Only 30% said no. So... You're going to see leaders like Jim Jordan, Jim Banks, you'll see others where they want to get to the bottom of this. And as they get to the bottom of this, the media, big media, big tech will try to censor them. But the majority already is aware of this and we've got to keep it percolating and we got to get the facts out there because, I mean, if, if anybody should be indicted, uh, it may just be the Biden family that should be indicted. And this this president that's sitting there should be the one that be, should be considered for for uh, impeachment. But let's get to the facts out there. Yeah, I, I can tell you that I, I've known the facts since 2017 about uh, uh, about Russiagate. Uh, the president, uh, much of the congressional leadership, Republican congressional leadership has known. I believe the American public now are pretty well informed. Uh, what is deeply disturbing is knowing what we know, and that is, as you would as you intimate, uh, is enough to to prosecute the people who are prosecuting, persecuting Donald Trump. Uh, the Republicans haven't had an answer, uh, and, uh, and and that's a shame. Uh, that's a disgrace, and that's what the party has to overcome, because we don't have two years uh, to uh, to quote unquote educate the public. The public's pretty well educated. They know neither party is worth uh, worth very much right now, uh, because. The Republicans are not taking action, and all the Democrats are doing is running the country uh, into the ground. John McLaughlin, it's always uh, always great to have you with us. I want to give you the last word here, uh, and thank you for being with us, uh, as always here. Uh, you get your concluding thoughts, if you will. My concluding thoughts, keep getting the truth out, because it's, it's just essential to the future of our democracy and freedom in America right now. And with that, thank you for the opportunity. And I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Look forward to seeing you in the new year. John McLaughlin, McLaughlin and Associates, Great American. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. Here tomorrow will be the former Commissioner of U.S. Customs and Border Protection, Mark Morgan. will be examining the crisis on our southern border and the leadership crisis in Washington. Please be with us. Until then, thank you. God bless you, and may God bless America.